Here I go again on my own, going down the only road I've ever known. Sounded just like a white snake concert, didn't it? Okay, probably not, but I've always wanted to be a rock star. And now that I've sort of lived out that dream on here, I don't have the vocal talent and quite honestly, the hair. So I move on the podcast. Second best thing, right? Right? Dot, dot, dot. Still working on that introduction. But welcome to Working With People. This is our second episode. And today we're going to talk about working with a difficult boss. I've had them. You've had them. You're out there, difficult bosses. You can't hide on us. But the best thing about working with a difficult boss is they can teach us a lot, especially the don'ts. So let's get into it. So before we turn on the ignition and drive down the highway of critiquing leaders in the past, I want to tell you that my experience in the workplace has been primarily positive. I have a fairly long list of people that I consider mentors in my professional career. But today's not your day, positive leaders. We're here to focus on the opposite. I want to tell you about three experiences I had in the past. These experiences left my head shaking. How did these people get to these roles? Difficult boss number one is who I'll call the corporate yes person. Even though they were skilled and educated to make professional decisions on their own, they failed to do so. and took the easy route of just relaying a message that came from people above them. Now, when you work in human resources, your job is to ensure that people are happy at work. I get it. I'm making it sound a little simplistic, but the math is a happier employee is a more productive employee. Now, sometimes the smallest gesture or inaction can really affect the workplace in a very negative tone. The corporate boss arrived at the local office one day with a positive message. All employees would be receiving a company t-shirt and recognition of their efforts the past couple months. I can see over the next day or two employees sporting their new shirts and there was a sense of pride there. Then came the error. Near the end of the week, the corporate boss came into my office and told me we have made a mistake. Senior management at the corporate office are short five t-shirts. Simple math would tell me this doesn't seem to be a large problem. Order five more shirts. But instead, she told me the decision has been made to ask all employees to return their t-shirts for senior managers can get the proper size. Thus, we'd be short five t-shirts for the rest of the employees. So we would have to decide which five employees would not be receiving shirts. So after a brief pause, which I believe was shock, I asked my boss, what type of negative perception is this going to leave on the shoulders of the local employees? I was met with the instant response. Well, corporate has made the decision, so we must do what corporate asks. Fair enough. The shirts were returned. People were unhappy. Life goes on, right? The next week, the corporate boss showed up at the local office once again. And this time she came carrying in two cases of the 24 cans of pop. You know the ones that look like mini suitcases? Wonderful. What are these for, I asked. She said for the local employees. She asked me to populate them in the fridge so people can enjoy them at lunchtime. I did so. Small gestures go a long way, right? 
As I was populating the fridge, I noticed the expiry date on the bottom of the cans. The pops had expired over a year ago. I paused my task. I went to go chat with my boss. I asked, are we giving people expired pop? She said, absolutely. This is the pop that was at the corporate office that had expired. The corporate folks don't want to drink that anymore. So we decided to pass it on to the local employees. Frustrated. I couldn't do it. I couldn't treat people that I worked with that way. That small gesture was just going to carry too much negative weight. The second difficult boss I'd like to tell you about, if I may, is someone whom people in the office referred to as Mr. Clueless. Now I get it. Calling someone Mr. Clueless sounds mean-spirited. And it is. But can I explain more? Now, Mr. Clueless was a nice guy. He'd be the first person you would see in the hallways showcasing a smile, popping in and out of people's offices, cracking a joke. You know, someone who just made the workplace more pleasurable to be in. But on the flip side of the coin, well, he was clueless when it came to managing people. The most glaring example is this. It's the end of the year and it's performance review time. Everyone loves a good performance review, don't they? Okay, maybe that's only as HR people. Part of the performance review process was assigning each employee with four action items. Four action items that they would have to carry out throughout the course of the year that were aligned with the company's business plan to help the company reach all new milestones. Mr. Clueless had his own four action items. So he called all his reports into the office one day. I was one of them. Mr. Clueless spoke with us. He told us about his four action items. Then he was blunt and he was frank. Part of the the personality I really enjoyed about him. He said, listen, I have no idea what I'm doing here. So I'm assigning each one of you one of my action items. Please do your best and make me look good. Mr. Clueless smiled, left the office, I don't think I've seen him for a month after that. I liked you, Mr. Clueless. You were a nice guy, but please don't ever manage me again. Finally, difficult boss number three, Mrs. X. Defined by Mrs. X because there's not one key negative term that would showcase why she should not be managing people in the workplace. There was many. Often you would see Mrs. X roam the workplace hallways with a sour look in her face, looking like she was disgusted to be there or disgusted with the people that were working for her. Mrs. X was different than the previous two difficult bosses because she had no human spirit. People would come and see Mrs. X with a problem and often be responded with, Well, that's not my issue. You solve it. You should have came and seen me a long time ago. Or, let me pick up the phone and call a lawyer instead of using your education background to help solve the problem. Mrs. X would meet with the people that reported to her and often leave them in tears because she didn't realize her job was to motivate these people and educate them on how to get better in their position. She thought by demeaning them would help progress the company. Mrs. X was extremely difficult to work for because there was no human bond 
with her. She did not honestly care about the people that worked for her. She only cared about her own personal accomplishments. Often Mrs. X would disappear from the office for a day or two and not tell people where she was. People were depending on Mrs. X to sign documents or give feedback to certain processes. I had an extremely difficult time working with Mrs. X because she didn't respect me. She didn't respect the people that worked for her. She didn't respect the organization. I do not miss working for you, Mrs. X. Let's move on to solving the world's problems. You can't see it, but I'm doing the swinging fist right now. Okay, that's an over-exaggeration warning, but let's talk about how we can work with a difficult boss. I want to start with the human element. Yes, I'm a human resources guy. Of course I have to start there. Believe it or not, there's a bond between you and your boss outside of interest of the workplace. It could be a television show. Maybe you both just got a new puppy. Maybe you got kids starting school. The list is endless. But you would not believe it if you found that common bond. It would give you a speaking point of something outside of the workplace that would really help develop the relationship and move it forward in a positive manner. Number two, please, I'm begging you, be solution-orientated. If you have concerns, meet with your boss one-on-one, privately. Be as specific as possible about what the issues are and propose how you can solve them. Number three, respect your boss's priorities. Believe it or not, your boss has a lot of pressure on them to produce and they expect results. Propose how you can help them get those results. Number four, and probably the most important one, is that respect the workplace. You have a lot of control over it. No one comes to work thinking, I want to be miserable today. We have to spend a lot of time in the workplace, sometimes more time in the workplace than we do with our own families. So take control of it. Make solutions to make it a positive place. When all else fails, spill your coffee. Delete all the company files and break that number two pencil as you storm out the office doors. No, please, never do that. And on the off chance you happen to act that way, please, I beg you, don't tell them that you got your advice from here. There are many ways to deal with a difficult boss. I just provided four of them. You want more? Don't be so lazy. Google it. It's out there. 2019. Come on, people. Next week, we're going to talk about take it or leave it. Are you unhappy at work? Do you dream about those greener pastures? Or should you just tough it out? What can you do about it? That's next week on Working With People. I'm Jamie Klomp. Thank you for joining me. Have a great week.